right, everybody. Hello and welcome to another episode, another installment of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder. We have Kelsey Shalou in the studio. How you doing, Kelsey? Hey, I am great. Awesome. Awesome. And as always, we are recording in the uh, sunny studios at Evoke Advertising near Orlando, Florida. And today we are going to talk about weed. <laughs> You know, might as well just get it out there in the open. Um, it's here. It's yeah. here and it's 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 ready to kind of take the, the center stage. Um, there are already marketing agencies that cater specifically to the product, to the plant. Um, and everybody else is kind of just playing catch up at this point. So kind of kick things off. Uh, the reason why we didn't have an episode this past week is because I was in Portland, uh, one of the few places, um, Oregon, state of Oregon is one of the few places that allows uh, recreational marijuana use. And um, <laughs> I had a very enlightening experience, bro. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, just to, to, to kind of just dive into that, Portland was, it was interesting because, um, as we were talking about before we started, is that Portland is one of those places that kind of had recreational uh weed just available for a while now and so it's kind of just one of those things is once you've had it long enough like it's kind of just passe at at one point it's like yeah yeah we we all we we smoke it we consume it what 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 have you dab tinctures everything and i think that's the thing that kind of like amazed me most because like growing up like the few times that i did partake um it was always through like some sort of like cigarette of some sort mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. or or some sort of like glassware mm-hmm. um but when we when we fr- went to the f- first time going to a dispensary like a legit dispensary it was like kind an, of intimidating yeah a little bit because uh, walking in i thought i knew everything i was like ah, you know what's a little what's a little weed among friends it's fine um, and then you walk in, you, you first you most of them you you stop in like a, a, a almost like a foyer. Mm-hmm. You get your IDs checked and make sure and you kind of and if you have like medicinal marijuana cards, mm-hmm. you get those checked. And then they it's almost like this big bouncer <laughs> opens this door into this like oh. Narnia of weed, you know. <laughs> and you just have you have all these choices. You have buds, you have flowers, you have oils, you have other tinctures, you have candies, mm-hmm. and so the the options are virtually limitless. So I mean. I don't know. It's it's it, it was kind of an eye-opening experience. Um, and then after I made my purchase, it was kind of an eye-closing experience. What was the <laughs> vibe of said dispensary that you went to? Because I feel like each one is very distinct in mm-hmm. how they want to brand themselves. Was it relaxed? Was it like super bro? Was it like, did you feel comfortable in it? Mm-hmm. Or was it kind of like, you said, like a little bit intimidating? Like, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel it. It it didn't feel like I was hanging out in my friend's parents' basement, you uh, know, yeah. like on some dirty couch, <laughs> just like you know, partaking in whatever. It was very. It was surprised. A lot of the ones we went to were very, very clean, very yeah. clinical, very clinical, like bright lighting, mm-hmm. um, very stark decor, mm-hmm. like a lot of glass cases and shelving that just had all the products like laid out very professionally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the I mean, the staff, most of the staff at these places were very just like, yeah, what's up, bro? You know, they <laughs> there was still that kind of that, yeah. that kind of sentiment. But as far as the presentation was concerned, it was very clean. Cool. Very clinical. Did you see a lot of stuff outside just like walking around on Portland that was kind of advertising this? 
Really? Thing? No. Like it's hmm. like the 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 more I think about it, there were no billboards, there were no bus shelter kind of um ads, there were no no drop ads, no flyers really. Um if you wa- there were a lot of places where you would have completely missed the hmm. the the dispensary altogether if you weren't paying attention. I just um, thought it was like a whole foodsy kind of or just you just wouldn't even know. No, yeah, a lot of them were set up in like um homes like mm. like homes that were were used for commercial purposes so like you know you see around here people have like law offices that are sure. that used to be someone's home it was a very similar vibe it's just like this we've set this property up as a commercial space and we use it mm. specifically for dispensary dispensary purposes and i was just like that that was one thing that really kind of caught me off guard because i thought it was just going to be like big mm. neon signs <laughs> with like bud leaves and just everybody's just on the street just passing out these flyers like hey man i got this thing come around this corner no it was not like that at all and that, but i think that goes back to the idea that because it's so legal mm-hmm. like people just don't freak out about mm-hmm. it it's like when you go to a city that has an uh, open container mm. and it, you, you see people just kind of casually you casually, know walking yeah. around with the where they're drinking in their hands and it's not like this whoa we're raging let's get crazy like because you know they've they've been there before and they act like they've been been there before so that was definitely the vibe there I think it would be problematic if it was super like neon signs flashing kind of like we said before we even started recording if there was like big Bob Marley signs just Mm -hmm. filtered everyone it wouldn't have that clean professional kind of look which would kind of completely alter the what they're trying to do with exactly. being able to move forward. Um, and I think that lends itself, the, the way that it was approached kind of lends itself to to, to attracting that audience that's always been interested in, in, in consuming marijuana, mm-hmm. but always looked at as kind of like this dark, dingy, like something that like 16-year-old stoner kids did. Mm-hmm. Like, but no, they're, pe- a, they're actual... It's a plan. Pro- yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's growing. <laughs> you know, there's, they're, they're professionals, young professionals, and otherwise... People with kids, mm-hmm. like people with mortgage, with soccer moms, like just regular, normal, Pleasantville kind mm-hmm. of people yeah. who are also who I'd also like run into at like at Publix, the, yeah, exactly, <laughs> the grocery exactly, store that just will happen to visit the dispensary regularly That's cool. too. That's cool. Um, so last fall, mm-hmm. I spent a couple months living out in Colorado, working at a ski mountain, oh, yeah. and and they were like the first, first, yeah. like, the pioneers. Mm-hmm. And I was working for um, like a ski mountain, so all. All of that land was owned by that was federally regulated because okay. it was national and state park stuff. So there was no dispensary, no anything like that within this town because it was all federally re- regulated. But then sure. you'd get on like, you know, a two mile strip connecting you to the next town. And that whole strip, literally every single storefront was a different dispensary because mm-hmm. that's how they would get everyone. And just driving down that, looking at their signs, their names, you could kind of identify like... This is for people that already are into it, already know what they want, and they're Absolutely. walking in saying, "I want this," and I, you know, I, they've they've been using for since they've been able to, Absolutely. and then other ones that are more for people who like are just chopping through and are tourists and mm-hmm. kind of. But there was one, um, and it was very like, "Hey, this is a plant. This is something that's growing," and that was kind of their branding. And you mm-hmm. would walk in, and like you had that waiting room because you can't go in and write and s- yeah, you can't see just all like, the just yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. so you had this like, nice little waiting room, and there was this beautiful glass wall, and there was all their plants, and you could wait and you could see their grow house. Oh wow! Okay. And something that this um, particular dispensary did was you could sign up to like grow like 
in-house but like watch and grow your plant your own come in water uh, it you could clip it at the end mm-hmm. and kind of just take care of this uh, like a farmer almost mm-hmm. and that was one of something that i just thought was super yeah. super cool and really um that was their own kind of like take on yeah so it was like it, it was be. like adopt a highway but way better yeah. <laughs> adopt a highway Look at you. <laughs> brian's not a copywriter if anyone was wondering brian is not a copywriter <laughs> I, you know, I just i just moonlight i just do it on the weekends um, oh that's fun so yeah so so i guess kind of switching the conversation to florida specifically mm. because that's where we're based um the medicinal marijuana scene so to speak is a little more complicated very much more complicated uh huh so right now the last it's time also i a checked baby. yeah yeah it's it's, it's super early it's, it's just super an early. infant but i think a lot of people are are kind of like preparing themselves oh, yeah. for something for the for the thing that's going to happen within the, at least the next year yeah we have Dozens of dispensaries across the state that are already like up and ready to go. It's just that that none of them are able to carry uh, products that have active THC. Mm-hmm. That's what I've learned. It's just it's just CBD, um, CBD based products. Um, and we also have there's also a bunch of um, physicians who already are ca- card carrying physicians mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. ready to, to, to administer dis- yeah. exactly. So I think. The big holdup for uh, that's the big holdup for a lot of advertising agencies, including us, to you know be able to dive into that 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 scene. So it's like, what I guess what could agencies be doing, Florida otherwise, to kind of prepare themselves for the next wave of just like I hate to like ask another question before I answer that Mm -hmm. question, but do you think that there is a going to be a struggle with taking on a client like? someone who's in the cannabis industry that might turn off other potential clients that agencies have or that we have slash maybe not bring in new business for whatever stereotypes or like like contingencies they have in their own mind do you ever think that that might and I think about that not even just with cannabis in particular but Mm -hmm. even some other clients that we have that I've asked that question before like will that turn off other people to wanting to come or are we just past that and everyone's just kind of like Move on, move forward. Well, I think the trick is being able to operate your agency in a way that you your 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 main goal is to do the best job that you can for the clients that come to you for your services, mm-hmm. whether regardless in the industry. Um, and 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 I, I we've we've spoken before in past episodes about the things that we just won't do, the things right. the, the the industries that we yep. just won't work for. But I think there for so long. Cannabis and just weed in general has one of those things that people just didn't touch because it wasn't legalized. Yeah, and it I was think kind of this underground, under exactly, the table, it hush, just had hush. The, it had this stigma attached mm-hmm. to it because it wasn't legalized. Mm-hmm. But now that it's coming into the light and it's getting the 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 attention that it needs, it's, and it's yeah, getting that it that legal that legality placed on it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's legitimate. It's mm-hmm. a legitimized industry in a lot of in, in, in several states, and so just the idea of fearing other clients being reticent about working with an agency that's open to working with cannabis companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You just cross that bridge when you get to it. It's just, 
if if there's a client that's that gets worked up and is like, oh, I don't want to feel, I don't want to be associated with an agency mm-hmm. that that associates themselves with that that product or that industry or that lifestyle. They might, yeah. They might. I mean, it really it depends. Like, it's that it, it might be a conversation that you have with both clients, even if it's almost like a uh, an open forum where you bring the client in question <laughs> and, and round in, one, yeah, and just put them in front of the the the, the cannabis that the potential cannabis client and give them an opportunity to kind of explain what they do, why they do it, show them that this is not some do, thing we yeah. do out of the back of a van. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a, it's a legitimate thing that we have put countless man hours into researching and making sure that we cover our bases Mm -hmm. and i think once you facilitate that conversation if you even have to because i think a lot of clients are pretty legit are pretty like kind of like chill about that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but in the event that you have to have that conversation i would just simply put both clients into the in in a some sort of space where it allows them kind of one can voice their opinions and the other one can kind of just do a point counterpoint Mm -hmm. and come to a consensus and realize that has nothing to do really do with yeah, the work yeah. that we're able to yeah, produce. Yeah. Like either way, we're going to do the best work possible for the clients who ask for it. Okay. And that's, that's mission number one. Mission number one. Okay. Ask your question again, or what do ad, ad, uh, ad agencies specifically in Florida need to do to prepare themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you're going to have to be quieter. <laughs> <laughs> it's dog day Friday. Well, yeah. We got a, we got a, lot, of, <laughs> a lot of activity going on, but yeah, just to, to kind of answer that question. Um, hmm. Research. I think, I think yeah, research. research. And I mean, this seems like so obvious, but being like branding and branding it farther away from this cannabis culture that we kind of got brought up and raised in because there was no legal platform to kind of like show what the cannabis culture is. And you get it through TV shows and you get that like dimly lit back of van mom's basement <laughs> kind of vibe. But and like that's already happening in Colorado and in Oregon and you know California, the places that have been doing it for the last four or five years. Sure. But bringing it into Florida, especially Florida, like mm-hmm. Florida, I feel like is compared to like I don't know maybe another state, but moving as far away as possible with branding efforts um, to bring it into this light that you know. Hey, this thing has been thought out before. We know what we're doing. This yeah. is down to a science. This isn't just something that we're kind of winging, which sounds so basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I talk to some people, they that's they would just it would go right over their head, anyways. Yeah. And I guess on the flip side of that, I wouldn't. If you're an agency that's considering trying to go after whether it's a dispensary or a physician mm-hmm. or someone in the middle. Mm-hmm. I would not approach it as a money grab. Like mm-hmm. it's not something even though this the industry is is worth billions of dollars, I would never approach it as a potential money grab because you might not be an agency that's equipped for it. Yeah. You might not have the expertise, you yeah. might not have the staff that's interested interested in even trying to like figure out that side mm-hmm. of the industry. I think interest is a huge piece. Like, For sure. There are some clients that I think you can like not maybe have a direct connect or tie to mm-hmm. and still be able to produce work, mm-hmm. um, quality work. But when it comes to um, especially something like this, having yeah. your team interested and knowledgeable, being able to speak about it without like getting maybe like uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, being able to speak about it without sounding like the feds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is a is a no brainer on, yeah. on my part. Um, but do you think that this is going to be something like we've already seen so many agencies like boutique agencies that we've talked about on previous episodes just before the cannabis industry? Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's something that's going to pop up in Florida? And if so, wouldn't you if you were a 
you know, you were a grower and you're trying to start distributing in uh, Florida, wouldn't you rather go to a agency that is specializing in your industry than going to like hmm. a random like mix agency, kind of like how we are? Um, depends. Uh, I think if I were to put myself in a grower's shoes, I more than likely have no idea how, how ad- the advertising marketing realm works Mm -hmm. so you either find a niche specialized agency that focuses just on cannabis like um uh, like canna brand Mm -hmm. um and and others who specialize specifically in that realm or you go to a full service agency like ours Mm -hmm. and you not only do you get someone who has the ability to 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 learn that industry like like it's the back of their hand and know that industry like it's the back of their hand, but you'll also have access to other 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 aspects of the of the of the agency mm-hmm. because you know sometimes you might want to diversify. Maybe you don't want to be a grower the, the, your 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 entire career. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to branch into apparel or you mm-hmm. want to branch into mm-hmm. uh, medical and pharmaceutical. Yeah. Maybe you want to move out of out of the, the, the growing pro- space in general and and kind of look at and try to and maybe operate it from a from a strictly from a business standpoint having someone who has that 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 full service kind of just approach mm. i think in the long run will give you will will yield better results um but i mean if you're just starting out and you just you want you, you have a limited budget because mm-hmm. you know, obviously a lot of full service agencies tend to cost a little mm-hmm. more but if you have a limited budget you have a limited amount of time you know a friend who knows a friend who works at a, a specialized agency i mean i think that's a great place to start but i mean i think everybody wants to dream big i yeah. think everybody has aspirations of being bigger than who they are when they started so offshoots of the brand too the offshoots of a grower to sure. different facets you want maybe you want to have partnerships with people yeah. who aren't in the cannabis industry but like, go with the lifestyle brand exactly cool exactly um so thinking about florida and florida mm-hmm. more moving towards it becoming a normalized thing like how you felt in portland what type of messaging or what type of ad- advertising but like bigger than advertising mm-hmm. is the most appealing or would be most effective or is something that we'll see because I mean I don't really foresee like driving down I-4 with like huge billboards of like seeing stuff like that here just because it is kind of like that like that would just kind of hit you and kind of feel like forced and shocked Hmm. um and I'm not really sure what the rules are with advertising on tv i was trying to look at state-by-state guidelines and i don't see anything Mm -hmm. for tv so that might kind of not be happening Mm -hmm. yet and i think and again it goes back to the 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 laws and regulations when it comes to to marijuana in general and especially how you advertise it Mm -hmm. and that may be why i didn't see a lot of ads in portland because you kind of you kind of run the risk of this overlap of advertising to the wrong demographic yeah. like especially children mm-hmm. I, I yeah, think there, yeah, yeah, there exactly. are certain ads that children sh- aren't able to see you're not able to serve those ads to to that to that audience mm-hmm. um and i'm not saying that that's exactly what ha- what's happened in, in portland or or any state that allows recreational weed specifically mm-hmm. um but i mean if you segment your audience, and speaking in just in terms of Florida, if you segment your audience the right way, I think using billboards or using bus shelters or using banner ads or experiential uh, advertising mm-hmm. can work. 
Um, like I said before, a lot of the people who, a good portion of the people who are using marijuana, whether it's medicinally or recreationally, are the, 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 that person next door. You know, mm-hmm, it's your it's mm-hmm. your pastor. It's mm-hmm. your it's the soccer mom. Mm-hmm. It's your your old professors from college. Well, I mean, they were using it for a while, <laughs> I'm sure. Um, you know, it's just it's the regular daily folks that you would least expect mm-hmm. who are definitely using it regularly so mm-hmm. i mean it's just an, it goes back to the idea of segmentation I mean, we talk about a lot in, the, in this show and it's just like knowing knowing not only knowing your overarching audience but being able to take that audience and then put them into categories and subcategories and tailoring your advertising approach to those specialized audiences um we talked about pop like pop-up experiential oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff yeah. too. So like I'm thinking like Orlando, so like, yeah, that would that, be what, so what, cool. What would, it, what would it be? I though? feel like okay, you would just like collab with like honestly like the Orlando Science Museum or like okay. someone that kind of has that like business e like status already. Uh-huh. Um so you're not like so you are maintaining that like high level. Yeah. Um but like find a collab with someone who's just doing cool stuff already and Mm. it wouldn't even necessarily be like serving cannabis products but just getting the hey we're here branding um and people like like like-minded people that are into it Mm -hmm. um to kind of come together because with the legalization of cannabis becomes this new cannabis culture because for so long it's been underground Mm -hmm. and now you get to bring it into the limelight so i don't know what the rules are in the states with this but when i was in spain too there were cannabis clubs where you couldn't go to a dispensary and purchase product but you could join kind of like how you would join costco Mm -hmm. um you would like pay for a membership at cannabis clubs and you were able to um go to a bar and consume in this confined space and there was like weird like foreign laws that would and i I never experienced that but that's that was something that was um existing in spain so i don't know if we really have that in the states yet but that becomes its own culture of itself like i'm gonna go hang out with my buddies Mm -hmm. at this place um instead of like i'm gonna go like sneak around and hang out with my buddies somewhere so i think uh, you know with this new legalization of cannabis becomes this new legal culture to be established so pop-up pop-up events could be hosted partnered with like you know a a museum or um maybe a movie theater but it doesn't necessarily mean that like everybody has to be walking around high Mm -hmm. or anything like that but that's get that gets the kind of lifestyle brand status out in the open gets people talking about it and then ultimately drives people back to their business to purchase product but mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know if people are doing like cannabis pop-ups or anything like that but that would be super cool i know like people out in california and probably colorado there are like art classes that you can go to okay. and like probably yoga classes and stuff like that where it is like a dispensary partnering with an art studio like you know like the paint and wine yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. yeah you know different people like that but like i think that that would be an awesome like avenue of experiential advertising mm-hmm. that is also really graceful and subtle so it's not just like <laughs> neon flashing lights <laughs> kids come come over here kind of creepy thing um so i i'm interested to know if more people are doing that in california colorado those kind of places well i mean um, and I, if it's if it's working if it's getting that kind of like high class status mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's i can't really speak on it from an advertising standpoint but i know there are almost like supper clubs 
mm-hmm. where they do like almost like weed pairings. Hmm. So oh. you'd have like a, a first course and it would just be and there was like a certain type of, of, of strain that hmm. was used, whether it was like a butter or some sort of oil that was used to to fry or saute something. Oh, like at, it cooked into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. That's oh, geez, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I know, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Going to like a okay. seven course dinner. Okay, I'm with you. No, That's but yeah, but just like those supper clubs that use like weed infused <laughs> Think about like the uh, like all of the like <laughs> at home delivery boxes of foods mm-hmm. these days like maybe we can partner with them to have like at home you know what I'm talking about like no, that's blue, blue H yeah but like blue apron oh, but, for- but like partnered with like new and uh, improved like Florida dispensary <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one man. day, one yeah. day in the future, That's one funny. day. Okay. But, you know, just an example of things that have already been done. Um, uh, I, I, we may have talked about this before, but when Ad Week featured that that um, yeah. Netflix and how they uh, made those strains, those Oh, yeah, was it, ne- was it specifically for, it was for Netflix? It was for like or? a couple of Netflix shows, I believe. Uh, see, I... I, I got to pull the article up. It was either Netflix or Hulu. I want to say, but I want to say it was Netflix where they did like a cut, like a, a collection of weed strains. These guys. Um, I think it was an agency. That yeah. Yeah. Made them specifically for ad people. I don't know if it has a tie to Netflix or not. It might. Hmm. I've, I'm not sure. No, I'm pretty, I can't remember the agency that did it. It might've been Netflix. There's that probably did it multiple, but, but ad week does have a really cool article. And the headline is just this Colorado agency just made three strains of marijuana specifically for ad people. Yeah. And, um, that's probably a cool thing too. Just like even just like the the, the branding and packaging mm. of um, Bud is is I mean all different. Like you said, like there's yeah. so many different kind of product products. But that's that's super cool. Um, and they just kind of take you through like <laughs> concepting indica <laughs> and different guys. But yeah, I don't know about the Netflix one or where that one came from. Yeah, but I don't. Well, I don't like, put I have it past Netflix. I have to dig it up, but I'm pretty sure Netflix just did a bunch of strains based on like some of their more popular TV shows. That's cool. so. Oh, so they're like they are branding Netflix. Like they have. Are are you saying that they're grow like hybrid hybriding strains to be for specific Netflix? Shows? Not like specific netflix shows but like yeah, after that's specific exactly. that's what i that's right. that's what i'm saying like wow. i think it was like i think it was like five or six of them that were kind of modeled after specific characters oh, and specific wow. like specific plot lines within some of their more popular shows oh snap netflix teamed up with the dispensary to yeah. sell these yeah, yeah, yeah. named after its shows Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's talk about that advertising. Right. Right. So I wouldn't even. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would consider that experiential, but that is an avenue that you could take that, to kind that's, of bring this yeah. like stigmatized product wow. into a space that's widely used by people who might not have even been considered avid really cool. marijuana users. Wow. I did not know about this. That's fascinating. Absolutely. That's really fascinating. I'm also like really just fascinated with like how beautiful the like packaging, yeah, no, the packaging and the art on just, it. Like, the color, That's the a color cool avenue yeah. to go on to. Wow, this is really cool. Talk about a <laughs> graceful because that's kind of like I don't know if we talked about this on the pod, but um like BuzzFeed is no known for, especially when BuzzFeed was kind of new and at this point it's mm-hmm. like a Google, but BuzzFeed when like BuzzFeed quizzes were like the thing. And they're oh, still yeah. really popular. But yeah. I remember like in high school it was like that's what you did at lunchtime. <laughs> and it would be like, which Game of Thrones character are you? Mm-hmm. Like what place should you eat at after yeah. a night out? And it was like 
advertisement as a plug for Game of Thrones. You know how much HBO is like paying BuzzFeed to get, but it's this like super subtle, um, not like, hey, this is an ad that kind of reminds me and brings me back to something like this, like Netflix's advertising for their shows without having to like really push for it or try for it. So that's super cool. Did not know about that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's an opportunity to resurrect the quiz, and maybe if someone who's not familiar with with marijuana but wants to get into it, mm. you take the you take a mm-hmm. quiz, and that's a tactic that's used a lot in, in, in industries worldwide. Mm-hmm. But you know, it gives people an opportunity to kind of like that's introduce cool. themselves into the culture, that's like really cool. it, you know, very very slowly yeah. and just like with handle it with kid gloves. Well, even social, like we when especially for like. Um, the uh, ecotourism people we have, we create quizzes and stuff like what kind of vacation would be best for you or like Mm -hmm. where would you want to go and it kind of takes you through these like lifestyle questions but even an agency whether you were doing something in-house for like a new florida dispensary or um you were at a you know cannabis boutique kind of Mm -hmm. thing but yeah creating something like that that is also like what kind of strain might be best for you and Mm -hmm. being able to kind of develop this on the user's end instead of just like here are all these options what are you gonna do with it oh that's neat that's a cool story i didn't know about that one shout out netflix also (laughs) like friend of the pod is like my biggest like from the gq style boys Mm -hmm. just like friend of the pod friend of the pod always throughout the episode like even in real life you got you got got a shout out you always got to shout out the inspiration yeah can we shout out to gq style friends of the pod <laughs> let us know if you want to talk fashion. Exactly. Seriously. Let we'll, us know. We'll, 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 we'll spark up. <laughs> we'll, be well, I mean, you, you had the idea of like, um, cannabis travel guides. Did you oh, want to talk about yeah. that? Let's, let's talk about that. That's not even something that I knew was a thing. But yeah. So tell me more about these cannabis travel guides. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm digging in through my research, trying to fix, learn a little bit more. Cause like, you know, we don't have, any kind of advertising on a large level really happening around Florida. Yeah. Um, so in my search, Leafly, who, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Leafly is basically like an encyclopedia of all things cannabis mm-hmm. and can break down. It's like a Yelp mixed with Google mixed with, I yeah. guess, kind of like it does have content um, all, all, all in the cannabis culture. And the headline when I was pulling and sifting through was Leafly List, the best cannabis locations in North America, fall 2017. Mm-hmm. So now we have cannabis travel guides. And that's like when Colorado broke out with recreational, like people were flocking out there just mm-hmm. to like, it's like just to try recreational cannabis and to see what that is and what it means because it was super exciting for lots of people. Yeah. But now that it's normalized and it's regulated and we have lots of different places all throughout our country getting into this, there's now people planning. And this is from like a professional side, like from a business side, we now have professionals putting out tour guides just for people to go around the States and like hit up different dispensaries and like <laughs> I'm I, I I I I'm not convinced that this is something that's going to take take off. Um, no, I don't know if it'll take off, but just that this is a this is happening and that mm-hmm. people can like go on and find and being able to like well if I drive from this place this is going to be the most efficient route and like. Mm-hmm. I well, know. I mean, I think it's it, it, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary. I think it's called Foodie mm-hmm. or Foodies. Um, it basically chronicled f- six or seven people whose whose 
not even job, it's just their hobby or super hobby mm. to go out, travel around the world to eat at as many Michelin star, mm. like Michelin rated star, like restaurants yeah. as they can. Yeah. Um, and so oh. I think it's, I think something like this, like cannibal, cannabis, cannibal, cannibal cannabis based <laughs> travel guides or something that, that kind of appeals to the super hobbyist. Yeah. 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 The, the cannabis connoisseur. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And that's cool because it, so the sub headline to this is, um, you know, Leafly ranks the top cannabis dispensaries and retail stores. Mm-hmm. So this is like, you know, we were talking about um, you might not just want to grow forever, but you can branch out to have like a lot of retail aspects. Yeah, and sure. um, I don't know about any of the ones that you went to out in Portland, but you have that like kind of waiting room. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like a wall. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's this grow room that you can see. But a lot of times it's this huge store plan. And it's just this, um, they sell shirts and they sell gear and they sell all yeah. this kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, swag, if you will. Um, but even that kind of dips into that that like weed subculture. Oh, totally. That, you know, yeah, that that's that's exactly what it's doing. But this now gives that that hobbyist mm-hmm. um, an ability to like go forth. But the fact that I guess we have like published content mm-hmm. that is revolving around you know a cannabis travel guide is just it's I guess it's kind of funny. It's interesting. Um, I don't know what that does really for advertisers, if that really affects them in any kind of way, I mean, it's, other it's than content. it's driving them money and yeah. it's content that's being published yeah, and shared definitely, online. Definitely, there's definitely a heavy content marketing um, arm to this. Um, but I, I again, I, it's just one of those things where I think, it again, it appeals more to like the, yeah, the, 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 the hobbyist, like the person who pours disposable income mm-hmm. and into ungodly amounts of time into going to the best places and trying the best mm-hmm. strains mm-hmm. and 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 really kind of like you know when you um oh what's a what's an example of like when you go to your favorite sandwich shop and you sure. get like you buy one and you get like you get like nine stamps and you get <laughs> oh, a, yeah. you get a free yeah, sandwich yeah, yeah. after that For sure. it's like being it's like collecting <laughs> those called? stamps it's like the loyalty, loyalty club. yeah, loyalty guy, yeah, yeah. So it's like loyalty it's almost like taking parts of that concept and and applying it to this. Oh, I've got to go to this place, mm. mark it off of my list. I got to mm-hmm. go to this place and mark it off of my list. Yeah, and so the, the it is. A, it's a hobby. I'm think, yeah, glad yeah. that we. It's and it's also like the people that are going on a cannabis tour in North America, like they know what they're doing. It's not this like. Again, like going back to this like underground, mm-hmm. it's not just like some pothead who's just like, woo, <laughs> these people. Is that, is, that yeah. what, is that what potheads sound Probably. like? Probably, woo. woo. <laughs> like these guys know what they're doing. They're super into it. Um, and they have money to be able to do so. Like mm-hmm. if you're planning a road trip to hit them all, like that's something that you're you're planning and looking at you mm. but so here's a hypothetical let's do it would is it is it ever going to get to a point where cannabis uh this 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 product that was also always known as like this this thing for the blue collar person mm. is it ever going to get to a level where it's only available for the white collar for the 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 upper middle uh, the lower upper class demographics <sighs> like will it will it ever get to a point where cannabis just is out goes out of the reach of the everyman, like the common that's interesting. man. That's very interesting. But I feel like it's no matter how great regulation is, mm-hmm. 
it's always going to be found outside of a storefront. So I feel like it would be hard to completely wipe or clear off everything from the streets and this underground to get it to only the high class, but maybe over time. The only thing is the quality would maybe like restrict or like limit certain people to reach for that or like, Mm -hmm. you know, the quality of cannabis and bud in you know truly regulated um senses are is the best in the world so that might create a gap in Mm. space between people but i don't i don't really know if it'll ever just like diminish i thought you were gonna say here's a hypothetical like i thought you were gonna throw like disney and like cannabis and i was like i don't think so but like we'll talk to wall i mean you never know you never know Um, i could totally see a a dispensary at epcot (laughs) in like 15 years for sure yeah, like I mean, because Epcot is like one of those places where I always go to to avoid children. Mm. You usually see, you usually find the children at the yeah, other parks. Give it like fifteen years. Maybe that's not like, even fifteen. That's what I depending on. Dep- no, I would. I like, mean, I, I leave. I leave that up to Disney <laughs> to make their own choices. They have more than enough resources uh, and overhead to do so. But you know, you know, if you're looking for someone to represent you, just be sure to hit us up. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like we can we could we could probably wax poetic about about this. This particular topic uh, all day. Unfortunately, we do not have all day. So, with that said, I want to thank you, Kelsey, for coming in and talking about the green stuff with us. Uh, This hopefully won't be the last time we discuss this. Um, I don't want to give away too many details, but consider this episode a part one in a series where we will be discussing the ramifications of medicinal marijuana and how it affects advertising and marketing and just the general public, um, specifically in Florida. Um, But so be on the lookout for uh, part two Mm -hmm. uh, coming soon. Um, but until then, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to send them to us at Provoke. That's P-R-O-V-O-K at EvokeAd.com. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Well, we're, we need to be we're getting... Working. We're, we're working. We're working on Homegirl's working real hard. Okay, Kelsey, so stay Kelsey's posted. Kelsey's working on getting <laughs> us on Twitter. But um, you can still follow our Evoke Advertising uh, Twitter account um, at, at Evoke Advertising um, just to be able to keep up with us and our contributions to the advertising world. Um, as far as today's quote goes, it's from uh, one of my favorite comedians, Cat uh, Williams. And he said... <laughs> Don't give me that shit that weed's a drug. It ain't no drug. I've done the research. It's just a plant. It just grows like that. And if you just so happen to set it on fire, there are some effects. Y'all take care.